I want to invite you, if you have a copy of the scriptures with you this morning, whether a hard copy or on a mobile device, would you turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The Thessalonians were a group of people that Paul had the privilege of taking the gospel to. There was not a church, and then he preached the gospel, and the Holy Spirit opened eyes, and there were believers, and a church began. Just as we are trusting, as Jim prayed, that, that these short-term trips will, will be the work of God, beginning new works in new places, that that's what happened in Thessalonica. So this week, we begin chapter 4, and there is a transition that is taking place here. We know it's a new section because he begins 1 Thessalonians 4 with what word? Finally. He says, finally then, brethren. But it's interesting, since this is the beginning of chapter 4, and then there is a chapter 5, that Paul has an interesting definition of finally. It doesn't seem very final. It's not a final sentence. It's actually a final section. So as we read finally here, I don't want you to think, oh, we're about to finish the book. This is not a conclusion. Finally, it's not a conclusion. It's actually a transition. In other words, if you haven't been with us, let me catch you up real quickly. Chapters 1, 2, and 3 have been about how Paul was used by God to take the gospel to them, how they received it, not as word of men, but the word of God for which it really is, how the church was born, and then how he wanted to go back to them because he had to leave because they wanted to kill him. He flees Thessalonica. He tries to get back. He can't. He sends Timothy. Timothy finds that they are standing firm in their faith, and he takes the message back to Paul. Your spiritual children are standing firm. And he is very grateful for them, closes chapter 3 with a prayer for them, and then says, finally, (laughs) but then writes two chapters. And those chapters are uh, very different than the first three chapters. They begin like this. Finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, that you excel still more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. So three chapters of history and reflection are now giving way to two chapters of instruction. He instructed them while he was there, but he has more to say to them. You remember his prayer that he would complete what is lacking in their faith because he can't say it directly. He writes it down and sends it to them. And the core of this instruction is in three key words. He says that as you receive from us instructions as to how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, that you, and here are three words, excel still more. He is saying, you've got a good start, but there is more for you to grow in pleasing the Lord because... Here's the mentality I want us to understand. He's saying Jesus is Lord over all. In other words, he is worthy of all worship in every area of our life in every moment. 
And so you have started, but there are ways in which you would excel still more. In other words, that you would abound more and more. This is what excel still more means, that you would abound more and more in conduct that pleases God. And this, this is a challenge and a instruction for all of us. Do you please the Lord in some respects? I hope so. Do you please the Lord in all respects, all the time? If you honestly go, no, I don't please the Lord in all respects all the time, here's the encouragement. Excel still more. In other words, it may be that you please the Lord in your public life when people are watching, but not privately. Or you please the Lord at work, but not at home. Or at home, but not at work. It may be that your conduct is pleasing to the Lord and how you spend your money, but your conduct is not pleasing to the Lord and the thoughts that you think. You see what I'm saying? So his core instruction for this whole section will be for all of us how we might excel still more. In other words, the lordship of Jesus being exercised in every area of our life in every moment of our life. Not just pleasing the Lord on Sunday morning, but how about pleasing him on Saturday night? Or how about pleasing him on Tuesday afternoon at work? See, it's in every area and every moment. So, if by a show of hands, how many of you would say, I need to excel still more? Okay, yes. If we're living, <laughs> if you're alive, you're here this morning, we can all agree it is a challenge for us to excel still more. Here's the way Jesus said it. He said, you're the light of the world. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your fathers in heaven. If you haven't been with us, chapter 2 and chapter 3 of 1 Thessalonians has been repeatedly about filling the earth with his glory by being a disciple who makes disciples. In other words, a person fills the earth with, the glory, with God's glory when they go from dead in their sins to alive in Jesus. But do you have a dimmer switch in your house? Probably do. Uh, that same light bulb can give off a little bit of light or a lot of light. A disciple of Jesus can give off a little bit of light or a whole lot of light. You know what he's saying? When he says excel still more, what's he saying? Turn up the light. It's not an on-off, it's a increase the light because just being born again is the beginning of filling the earth with the glory of God by that person. But as they excel still more, as they more and more live in a conduct that pleases God, then the light of Jesus, which is in them, increasingly fills 
that portion of the earth with the glory of God. So I give you a picture. Maybe for this entire series, you'll think about, huh, that dimmer switch. Or maybe you'll even go home and, and tonight you'll go, hey, baby, why don't you use that dimmer, sw- uh, dimmer switch and, and show me how much light do you think I put off? See, I, I didn't give that last hour because my wife was in last hour. I'm going to challenge you to do that. Well, I forgot about that. But that, that is, see, there's something very tangible about thinking, what amount of light of Christ shines from your life at work, at home? And there is a turning it up. It's called excel still more, abound more and more in a conduct that's pleasing to the Lord. So that's his instruction, excel still more. He gives it on this basis. He says, finally then, brethren, we request. So the basis of his instruction is as a request as a brother. He was a brother in Christ. They both share the heavenly father as their father. So he says, I'm going to request this as a brother, excel still more. But it doesn't stop as just a request from a brother. He says, finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord. Now, let me help you connect something here. He used that exact phrase to exhort you in the Lord earlier. Chapter 2, verse 11. Turn back to chapter 2 in your Bible, if you would. But he doesn't exhort as a brother. He requests as a brother. How does he exhort? Chapter 2, verse 11. How? As a... as a father. There's a difference. There's a request that you make as a brother. There's an exhortation as a father in the Lord, which he was. It was by God's grace at work in Paul that he had proclaimed the gospel and they had heard and believed and been born again. So he was their dad and their brother. But ultimately, where's the request and the exhortation come from? What's it say in verse 2? For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. So the basis for his instruction is, as brothers do this, excel still more. As children do this, excel still more. But bottom line, it was as a command by the authority of the Lord. I want you to know that his appeal as a brother and as a father based on the command of the Lord is what I long for every week as you attend CFC that you would experience that for me. Not my opinion, but my acknowledgement. If you're in Christ, we are co-heirs together. You're my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I want to request that you would, by the authority of this book, you would excel still more. That would be my request. As the one who at least... For these years, God has placed as the teaching pastor here. Uh, That puts me in a role in some sense as a spiritual father. 
And so I'm going to request as a brother and I'm going to exhort you as a father based on the command and the authority of the Lord Jesus that you would excel still more. It ultimately comes down to this, right? It's interesting, I've watched my children, my six kids grow from childhood to adulthood and in that growth, how they really want to be able to move from, I know you're my dad, but talk to me like you're my brother. Do you remember, some of you adults, you remember going through this with your parents? My, my son, Will, his first year in college, he's out in Colorado, spring break, he and a friend decide they want to go into the national forest and just live off the land, take as little with them as possible and for like 11 days. And I was like, have at it. Well, about five days, six days in, he calls me and he's like, dad, uh, it's snowing like mad and it's been snowing for days now. And we build a structure our first day here. We're okay, but I wonder if you could check the weather report and find out, is it going to keep snowing? Because I'm not sure we're going to be able to get out of here if it keeps snowing. It's already pretty deep. So I go online while he's on the phone with, and I go, uh, it is going to snow for the rest of the time that you're there. It's going to snow for days. You need to get out of there now. And he goes, Dad, I just called you for the weather report. <laughs> and then I go, yeah, and the weather report is going to snow. And so you need to go and get out now while you can. And he literally says to me, Dad, is that a suggestion or a command? And I'm thinking, dude, you called me for wisdom and I just gave you wisdom. So I don't know how you want me to phrase it, but how about this? I suggest you obey my command and leave now. <laughs> Some of you guys, you, you've been through this and you're like, I, and he goes, yeah, but before I hang up, would you, would you just be willing to put it in the category? It's a suggestion. What in the world is that? Well, it's simply him going, I want to know that I'm growing up and it's just not command. It was ultimately, I don't want to hang up and say to my buddy, hey, my dad said I have to leave. That's what it came down to. But you know what? There is a time for us to go, the Lord has commanded and I'm gonna request it as a brother and exhort it as a father, but ultimately it's a command of the Lord. So I want to, as your brother, request something from you. And as Father, I want to exhort you as a command from the Lord in a very specific way this morning. Here it is. If you have trusted in Jesus as your personal Savior, but not been baptized, you should be baptized. 
I'm requesting you as your brother, be baptized. I'm exhorting you as a father, be baptized. Ultimately, upon the command of the Lord, if you have believed and been born again, you should be baptized. Not my opinion. It is the first act of obedience. Believe and be baptized. So you have, if you have trusted in Jesus and not been baptized, and I don't mean you were baptized as an infant because being baptized as an infant is something that someone else does believing for you. But being baptized as a believer is something that you do because you personally have believed in Jesus. So can I request of you and exhort you? The New Testament doesn't really know of the idea of being born again and not being baptized. And yet I run into folks who, yeah, I believed five years ago, or I believed 10 years ago, or I believed 15 years ago, but I've never been baptized. It should not be. And I am exhorting us to be in obedience to the scriptures. A Thursday night, <laughs> there was a girl there who was like, told John Harmley, the whole time he was talking about the baptism thing, he was looking at me. <laughs> and I was like, uh, well, I didn't know it, but I guess I was. So if you think I'm looking at you, I am if you have believed and not been baptized. I don't know it, but I am. And uh, to be abundantly clear, on August 18th at the beach, and, and I'm putting a date to it now because I, I, know, what, I know how this goes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I, know, I know I should. I know I should. I know I should. And three years later, yeah, I know I should. Just trying to work it out. Okay, take out your phone now. Don't see you doing it. Take out your phone now. Put the date in your phone, August 18th. Now, some of you are going, I've been baptized. I don't need to put it in my phone. I would request you as a brother that if you have been baptized, come and share in the joy of your brothers and sisters in Christ obeying the Lord, and let's celebrate together. It's a unique privilege we have being in Jacksonville, Florida, that though we do a lot of baptisms on Sunday morning for the proclamation of the testimony of the gospel in our worship service, that we want to do one at the beach. I know some of you are going, but I will be so scared because you all make us give a testimony. If you would just dunk us and not make us have a, give a testimony, we would do it. It will be your first opportunity to trust the Lord in your fear, to do something that makes you go, oh, I don't want to do it, and to experience his sufficiency. So I am requesting as a brother and exhorting as a father, but ultimately, this is the authority of the Lord that you would be in obedience to that. So let us know that you'll be participating. If you don't want to wait, the girl who I was looking at on Thursday night went to John and said, ah, he was looking at me. I don't want to wait that long. <laughs> so they actually met this morning to 
go over her testimony so she would be baptized earlier. So if you don't want to wait that long, we'll work with you. But you hear me? As your brother, dad, oh, (laughs) from the authority of the Lord, believe and be baptized. Well, Paul has lots more to say than be baptized. Chapter four, chapter five, he is going to give us a whole, whole long laundry list of what it means to excel still more. He's going to say, I want you to excel still more in purity and excel in love and excel still more in personal responsibility and to excel in hope and to excel still more in comfort and grieving and to excel still more in peace and to excel still more in admonishment and to excel in encouragement and excel still more in patience and in helpfulness and forgiveness and blessing and joy and prayer and thanksgiving and walking in the spirit and abstaining from evil and holding on to truth. So it's going to take us from today to the end of September to look at chapter four and chapter five. And week after week, it's going to be excel still more, excel still more, excel still more. And there is the potential that you're going to go, sheesh, Coming to church at CFC each Sunday is like whack, whack, whack. Go do better, do better, abound, excel still more. And you're like, ah, enough. But I don't want you to think it's going to be that way at all. Because I believe with all my heart this. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Jesus did say, if you love me, you will Say it. Okay? You don't know it. So, if you love me, you will obey me. Say that. If you love me, you will obey me. So, that is the love of God. But here's what I want. And his commandments are not burdensome. I wonder if you believe that. I I didn't always believe that. So, I recognize that you may go, ah... Uh, It sounds right. It sounds like it should be right, but I'm not sure I genuinely believe that his commands are not burdensome. There was definitely a time in life that I thought his commands are robbing me of life. His commands restrict me. And so it did feel like getting beat by a two by four. But his commands are not burdensome. There was a time where By God's grace, the the Spirit of God turned the Word of God into something that was oppressive and hard to receive to something that was a gift and good and a blessing. The, The psalmist says it this way. The law of the Lord is perfect perfect for what? Say it. Restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Sure for what? Say it. Making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right for rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure for enlightening the eyes. He concludes, there are more desirable than gold. What is the commands of the Lord are more desirable than gold? Much 
fine gold, sweeter also than, the, than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. See, the difference that these next weeks will reveal is, do I think this is something that will just beats me up or do I think it's sweet and good and gold? Because it, one is like eating my veggies and the other is like a pile of sashimi in front of me. Like, man, what I love to eat. My prayer is that, that you will love the scriptures. Young college student asked me after last hour, he said, hey, honest question. How does that become true in my life? Because right now I can't really say that, that the word is like gold to me. So that, that's an honest admission. It's probably lots of us in where we go, it's not gold to me. I mean, I'm not, I don't hate it. It's just not gold. It's not like sweet to me. If that's the case, would you ask the Lord, Lord, would you make your word to be what it is, gold to me? So we'll see in a minute. It's his work. Would you change my heart towards your word? Second principle. Last week I said the physical always represents the spiritual. In the physical, I cannot be hungry for a really good meal because I have snacked on junk the whole time up to mealtime. And it may be that your life is filled with a bunch of not evil stuff, just filler stuff that you go to friends, not the Lord. You go to secondary things other than the Lord and therefore you've lost the sweetness, the gold of the Lord himself. What you might do in this coming weeks is to say, instead of always going to someone else I'm going to go to the solitude of an empty room or a parking lot and just say, Lord, you're gold. Nobody else is gold. And that's really true. No one else is gold. Only the Lord's word is gold. And so I want to hear from you. So ask the Lord to change your desires and then do some practical things to cut out the junk, the junk food that's robbing you of the appetite for the gold. He, the psalmist says, moreover, by them, your commandments, your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. See, by God's grace, I genuinely believe that for my marriage. I believe it for my family. I believe it for this church. I believe it for this nation. I believe it for our short-term trips. I believe that in any time that the word of God speaks, it offers a reward to those who will say, I love him, I'll obey him. So I'm hoping that what you're hearing is 
Lord, I want to position myself between now and September. As we look at these two chapters, I want to position myself that I, I want to hear, I want to receive, I want the gold of your word. I'm not going to be reluctant from it. I want to receive it because I believe it. So each week, we're going to start, right before we study the scriptures, we're going to start with a prayer, a declaration that goes like this. This is God's word, his heart revealed. I humbly declare his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I will not lean on my own understanding, but incline my heart to receive his word so that I might excel still more in filling the earth with his glory by walking in his truth and loving all people as he has loved me. That's what we're going to declare weekly for this, that we would be positioned to receive the reward, the gold that the scripture is. Now, be clear. All I did is take what the word has said about itself and formed it together. I I didn't make up these words. This is God's word, his heart revealed. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. The word of God, all scripture is inspired by God. It is God breathed and profitable for teaching, for correction, for rebuke, for training in righteousness so that the man of God might be thoroughly equipped for every good Work. This is God's word, his heart revealed. I declare his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. That's Isaiah 55. And a declaration about the word of God will never return void. Why? Because he's smarter than me. And his wisdom is way, 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 way beyond mine. And his capacity to see the big picture and my capacity to get lost in the little picture... I humbly declare his ways are higher than mine, his thoughts higher than mine. And so what won't I do? I will not lean on my own understanding. Where's that from? I know you know. Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. I won't lean on my own understanding. Acknowledge him in all my ways. What will I do? Instead of leaning on my own understanding, I'll incline my heart to receive his word. That's Proverbs chapter two to incline my heart, to position my heart to receive his word so that I may excel still more. Where's that come from? Here's an easy one. First Thess 4. Hello. If you missed that, good morning. Welcome to CFC. So that I may excel still more in filling the earth with his glory. I have probably been amiss in using that phrase but never telling you where it comes from. Numbers chapter 14, verse 21, where it says, As surely as I live, the Lord speaking, as surely as I live, I will fill the earth with his glory. So is God dead? No, No. he is very much alive. As long as he is alive, what will he do? He will fill the earth with his glory. And the more I live in a manner that pleases him, this is the dimmer switch, the more the light shines. So... 
I'm going to recline my heart now to receive his word so that I may excel still more in filling the earth with his glory by walking in his truth and loving all people as he has loved me. That is the prayer that Paul prayed for them in 1 Thess 3 that we studied last week. He said that your faith would be complete. In other words, that your faith would be complete in purity and love in personal responsibility, your faith would be complete in joy and thanksgiving and peace, forgiveness and blessing and all the things that we'll look at, that your faith would be complete, that you would walk in his truth and loving, remember his prayer, abounding in love for one another and for all people. I hope, I hope it will serve us to position our hearts with truth. My son, who I talked about, Will, who's up in South Carolina as a youth pastor now, a couple weeks ago, as I was saying, okay, what scripture do I want to put in here? I sent him a rough draft that looked different than this, and so we have gone back and forth about different ways we might express. Finally, Thursday, I said, hey, I'm teaching tonight. Last time, any other thoughts? And he said, only this. I've already taken what we've done and begun to apply it in my life. And this morning, this phrase, his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts higher than mine, absolutely was exactly what I needed. So we're not reciting a meaningless statement. We are positioning our hearts and our minds to receive the blessing, the restoring of the soul, the wisdom, the enlightening of the eyes, the reward and the warning that this gives. So you can read it. Let's declare it in practice. We'll do it again next week and for many weeks ahead. Would you you say it with me? This is God's word. His heart revealed. I humbly declare his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I will not lean on my own understanding, but incline my heart now to receive his word so that I may excel still more in filling the earth with his glory by walking in his truth and loving all people as he has loved me. I think it will position us for good because this is good it's gold second reality is as a spiritual father Paul said fathers don't exasperate your children so that they will not lose heart I don't know if you've experienced that but a father who exasperates their children is it's never enough it's never good enough it's do this do this what's wrong why why can't it's more 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 And, and I'm very aware watch I'm very aware that over weeks of excel and excel more and excel still more and excel still more and excel still more that at some point you're gonna go ugh And a good father doesn't do that. Paul's a good father. So turn to the end of chapter 5 and see 
what he declares to them. The, the oxygen, the life that he gives them. In chapter 5, verse 23, he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. Just pause right there, could you? Can I have your eyes? Don't miss this, please. What's he going to say over and over? Excel still more. Excel still more. Excel still more. It would potentially exasperate, except what does he say? Now may the God of peace himself, may he sanctify you entirely. See, that's excel still more. May he sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then this, faithful is he who calls you. He also, he will do what? He'll bring it to pass. See, that, that is the gift of a father who says, Excel still more, but I won't exasperate you. See, the God who calls us to conduct that pleases the Lord is the God who is holy himself. He is not the God who says, hey, do what I say, not do as I do. He is the Father who says, be perfect as I am perfect. Be holy as I am holy. He is holy himself, and he is faithful to do what he says. He is faithful to do what he says. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. Here's the way he says it to the Philippians. He says, so then, my beloved, just as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Now pause for a second. Do you see that this is simply another way of saying, in a specific, excel still more? In other words, you're obeying when? When I'm watching, how about excelling still more and obeying when I'm absent? That's pretty practical. Because almost, I mean, just look at any child, and the physical always represents the spirit. Spiritual. Uh, when's a child obey? <laughs> when mom and dad are watching. And when they're not watching, you should have been watching. <laughs> you As they mature, what happens? They begin to obey when they're watching and when you're not. It's true for us. They begin to go, I, I want to please the Lord, not just when people are watching, but please the Lord at all times because I know he always sees. And he sees not only what I say and what I do, he sees what I think and he sees my attitude in the midst of it. So work out your salvation, not work for it, work it out. It's a gift that we work out with fear and trembling for it is God who is at work where? It is God who is at work in us. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. It's his work. Faithful is he who has called you, and he also will bring it to pass. It's simply the same phrase here. For it is God who is at work in you. And what's he working in you? Two ways, both to will 
That is to change your desires, to make your desires like him. What I was able to say to this young college guy, if your hunger for the word of God is not that it's gold, then ask God who is in you to change your desires. That's a prayer he loves to answer. It is God who is working in you both to will and then to work. For what? His good pleasure. And what's his good pleasure? That the earth would be filled with the glory of God. And so he is who he calls us to be. And he is faithful to do it. And how? By living in us so that it would be his life in us being lived through us. He does not exasperate us. So we don't need to be exasperated. Rather, we can go, it's gold. And therefore, I incline my heart to receive it. I'm hungry for it. And I'm humble underneath it. And I am responsive to it. So this morning, here's simply what I would ask. Would you position your heart now before we begin to look at command after command after command, which is not burdensome, but is a blessing? Would you position your heart now, even before you know all that it says to, Matt Song declared it correctly, right? Lord, I say... Yes. Even before I know what you say, I say yes. Even when I don't understand what you say, I say yes. Even when I don't agree, what do I say? I say, why? Because his heart is good. Because his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts because his wisdom is great. And therefore, Lord, I position my heart now with all that you want to bless me with, all that you want to say to me, Lord, I say what? Yes. Knowing that God himself will sanctify me entirely. Faithful is he who called us. He also will bring it to pass. Would you stand with me and let's declare together as an act of faith, as an expression of we believe in his wisdom and his goodness that we will say yes.
Jesus, I will say. Hungry for it? Humble underneath it? Responsive to it? Believing that he is where? In me. In order to change me and to grow me. Not only in will, but in work. And so we're going to end this morning the way we're going to end every morning through the rest of this series. Having heard the word of the Lord, we're going to not be exasperated. We're going to be encouraged. Some of you will know this as a benediction. The end of each service, I will declare before you. Now may God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then I'm going to invite you to declare to one another out loud each Sunday before we go this. Say it with me. Faithful is the who calls us. And he also will bring it to pass. Do you believe he's good? you believe this is gold? Do you believe he'll sanctify you entirely? That he lives in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Father in heaven, we go encouraged by your goodness, strengthened by your wisdom, and in the full confidence that you do work in us both to will and to work for your good pleasure, that this week our hunger for your word would increase, the authority of your word would increase in our lives, that Lord Jesus, we would be saying yes when we see it and when we don't, when we feel it and when we don't, that you would have our absolute yes to the praise of your glory, to the fullness of our joy. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. Thanks for being here.